Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. on Sunday, May 20th, 2018. Good evening, everyone. This is Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. And, of course, as we always do each and every Sunday evening, we bring you, of course, our weekly promo as to what's going to take place during all of our shows here in the WCWS Radio Network here for the coming week. Plus, also we bring you some wrestling history here today, and, of course, we have we have a couple of parts of that we'll bring out here to you in just a moment. Plus, also we'll bring you a few little wrestling news tidbits, courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. Let's go ahead and get things going here with our wrestling history, as we said, for today, May the 20th. 31 years ago today, which would put it at, let me see, yes, 1987, a Memphis court judge rules in favor of Jerry Lawler against the WWF. Lawler sued the WWF for promoting Harley Race as the king of wrestling at a recent Memphis event. Lawler alleged that the WWF's use of the moniker long associated with Lawler confused wrestling fans in the area. And and in an only-in-wrestling moment, Lawler sued the WWF and won. As a result, Race could not use the king of wrestling gimmick at WWF events in Tennessee. Some speculate that Lawler standing up to McMahon in court got him in his good graces, which led him to getting a job with the company a few years later. 25 years ago today, we put it at 1993, I do believe, yes, in Sapporo, Japan, the Holy Demon Army, Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Taui, defeated the Miracle Violence Connection, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams, to win the all Japan excuse me, all Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag Team titles. The win ends the fifth and final reign for the most successful Gaijin duo in all Japan history. As for Kawada and Tawu, they would eventually break their record holding the championship six times from 1993 until 2000. Seventeen years ago today, we put it at 2001, WWF presented Judgment Day from the Arco Arena in Sacramento, California. 
13,623 were in attendance with 405,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That is down from 420,000 homes for the 2000 event. Match ratings are from Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Dave Meltzer, as recorded in the Internet Wrestling Database. Ratings are out of a possible five stars. <clears throat> in a Sunday Night Heat pre-show match, Raven defeated Val Venus. In another Sunday Night Heat pre-show match, Hardcore and Crash Holly defeated Takamishi Noku and Funaki, of course, known as Kayantai. Here are the matches that took place at Judgment Day 2001. William Regal defeated Rikishi. That received 1.25 out of 5 stars. Kurt Angle defeated Chris Benoit 2-1 in a three stages of hell match to keep his Olympic gold medals. Benoit and Angle split the first two falls in pinfall only and submission only matches respectively with Angle winning the tiebreaker in a ladder match. This received four out of five stars. Rhino defeated Test and the Big Show to retain the hardcore title, 1.75 out of five stars. China defeated Lita to retain the women's title. It turned out to be China's final bout with the company. Depending on who's telling the story, China either left on her own accord or was fired. In multiple interviews, China, also, of course, her real name, Joni Lawler, her relationship with her then ex-boyfriend Triple H and Stephanie McMahon played a major part in her, in her dismissal. Jim Ross in 2007 said that China was not fired but left on her, on her own for personal reasons. There was speculation that China held out for more money as her contract was coming up. In any event, her contract lapses on November 30, 2001, just days after a new women's champion was crowned in Trish Stratus. China would never again appear in a WWF ring Sadly, she passed away in April of 2016 at the age of 46. By the way, excuse me, that women's title match in which she retained the women's belt over Lita only received a 0.5 out of 5 stars. Kane defeated Triple H in a chain match to win the Intercontinental title. This received 2.5 out of 5 stars. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit last defeated Edge and Christian to win tag team turmoil. turmoil and a future WWF Tag Team title match. This received 3.5 out of 5 stars. The APA, Farouk and Bradshaw, eliminated the Radicals, Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. The APA eliminated Bubba Ray and Devon and the Dudley Boys. X-Factor, X-Pac and Justin Credible eliminated the APA. X-Factor <clears throat> eliminated the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit eliminated X-Factor via submission, and Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit eliminated Edge and Christian. And also at Judgment Day two, <clears throat> 2001, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated The Undertaker in a no-holds-barred match to retain the WWF title. This match received 3.25 out of 5 stars. 16 years ago today, put it at 2002, WWE taped the 200th episode of Sunday Night Heat from the Pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. The show aired six days later. In, in one of two pre-show dark matches, Ron Waterman defeated Crash Holly, and in the other pre-show dark match, Bull Buchanan defeated Spike Dudley. Also on Sunday Night Heat, D'Lo Brown defeated Justin Credible, Tommy Dreamer defeated the Big Boss Man, Spike Dudley defeated Sean Stasiak, and Steven, Steven Richards defeated Crash Holly to retain the hardcore title. Eleven years ago today, we'll put it at 2007, WWE presented Judgment Day for the Scott Trade Center in St. Louis, Missouri. 
10,500 were in attendance, with 242,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's down from 252,000 homes for the 2006 edition. In a dark match, Kane defeated William Regal. They're the match that took place at the event. Ric Flair defeated Carlito, 2.75 out of 5. Bobby Lashley defeated Umaga, Shane McMahon, and Vince McMahon in just 74 seconds in a handicap match to win the ECW title. This match did not receive any stars at all whatsoever. CM Punk defeated Elijah Burke. This received 1.1.5 out of 5 stars. Randy Orton defeated Shawn Michaels by referee stoppage. This match received 1.25 out of 5. The Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, defeated Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch to retain the World Tag Team titles, 3.25 out of 5. Edge defeated Batista to retain the World Heavyweight title, 2.5 out of 5. MVP defeated Chris Benoit, 2-0 in a best-of-three falls match to win the United States title, 2.25 out of 5. And John Cena defeated the great Khali to retain the WWE title, 1.75 out of 5 stars. Ten years ago today, we put it at 2008, Darren Matthews, also known as William Regal, is suspended for 60 days for a second violation of the WWE's wellness policy. Matthews, who had won the 2008 King of the Ring tournament a month earlier, was the fifth person to be suspended this year for violating the WWE's drug policy. The suspension effectively ends his last sustained push with the, with, it, with the company. Nine years ago today, we put it at 2009, WWE announces that their coming week's television tapings would be moved from Denver's Pepsi Center to the Staples Center in Los Angeles due to the ongoing NBA playoffs. Seven years ago today, we put it at 2011, <clears throat> TNA releases their head of talent relations, Terry Taylor, and replaces him with Bruce Pritchard. Taylor was with the company since 2003. The release turned out to be a blessing in disguise, according to Taylor, as it allowed him to spend time with his wife, Trudy, who was battling cancer at the time. Sadly, she, she succumbs to the disease less than two months later. Today, Terry is with WWE as a trainer for their NXT developmental program. <clears throat> Six years ago today, we put it at 2012, WWE presented Over the Limit for the PNC Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina, of course, our state capital. Around, about 8,000 were in attendance with 167,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's up from 140,000 for the 2011 event. In a pre-show in a pre-show match, Kane defeated Zack Ryder. <clears throat> Christian last eliminated The Miz to win a 20-man people power over the top rope battle royal for a WWE United States or Intercontinental Championship match later in the show. Other participants were David Otunga, Tyson Kidd, Alex Riley, The Usos, William Regal, The Great Khali, Heath Slater, Titus O'Neil, Darren Young, Ezekiel Jackson, Jinder Mahal, Tyler Rex, Drew McIntyre, Kurt Hawkins, Michael McGillicuddy, JTG, and Yoshitatsu. This match received 1.5 out of 5 stars. Kofi Kingston and Nara Cruz defeated Dolph Ziggler and Jack Swagger to retain the WWE Tag Team titles. This match received 3.25 out of 5 stars. Layla defeated Beth Phoenix to retain the Divas title, 1 out of 5 stars. 
Sheamus defeated Alberto Del Rio, Chris Jericho, and Randy Orton in a fatal four-way match to retain the world heavyweight title. This match received 3.75 out of 5 stars. Rodas Clay defeated The Miz, 0.5 out of 5. Christian defeated Cody Rhodes to win the Intercontinental title, 2.75 out of 5 stars. CM Punk defeated Daniel Bryan to retain the WWE title, 4.5 out of 5 stars. Ryback defeated Camacho. This match was not rated. And John Laurinaitis defeated John Cena. Per pre-match stipulations, had Cena won, Laurinaitis would have been fired. Also, any superstar on the active roster who interfered on either man's behalf would also be fired. The Big Show, who technically was not on the active roster, he was fired a few days earlier, interfered on Laurinaitis' behalf. That was voted the worst match of the year by Wrestling Observer Newsletter readers. This match received zero out of five stars. Three years ago today, 2015, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that Destination America will, will cancel all TNA programming effective in late September, the earliest the network could pull TNA's TV deal. Despite TNA's impact wrestling outrating most every other show on the network, the decision ultimately came down to a lack of, re- of a return on investment, i.e. Destination America spending too much on the show and not getting enough of that money back thanks to a lack of ad advertising revenue. The, <clears throat> The move to Wednesday night did little to improve their fortunes, and by the end of the year, Team Nate was indeed looking for a new TV home and found one in the former TV Guide channel, who was otherwise now otherwise known as Pop. Three years ago today, 2015, NXT presented TechNover Unstoppable from Full Sail University from Winter Park, Florida. The show is noted for the debut of longtime TNA performer Samoa Joe. Prior to the event, Hideo Tommy injured his shoulder, taking him out of the show opening triple threat number one contenders match. To explain the injury, Tommy was attacked by an unknown assailant in the parking lot. During the match that took place at this event, the small villains, Aiden English and Simon Gotch, defeated the mechanics, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson, who of course would later on be known as the Revival. Finn Balor defeated Tyler Breeze to become the number one contender for the NXT title, 2.75 out of 5 stars. Bailey and Charlotte defeated Dana Brooke and Emma. This received two out of five. Aaron Corbin defeated Rhino. This also received two out of five. Blake and Murphy defeated Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy, of course, big cast, to retain the NXT Tag Team titles, 2.25 out of five. Sasha Banks defeated Becky Lynch by submission to retain the NXT Women's title, four out of five stars. And Kevin Owens fought Sami Zayn to a no contest for the NXT title, Three and a half out of five stars. Excuse me for just one second there again, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies. Sorry about that, folks. Two years ago today, 2016, EWG presented Prince from American Legion Post Number 308 in Reseda, California. The show was named for the same musician who died on April 21st from an overdose of an opioid painkiller. He was 57 years old. And here are the matches that took place at this event. Adam Cole defeated Dalton Castle, 3.25 out of 5. 
Michael Elgin defeated Kamahatachi, 4.25 out of 5. Marty Skrull defeated Mark Andrews, 4 out of 5. Trevor Lee defeated Andrew Everett, 3.5 out of 5. Chris Hero defeated Jeff Cobb, 3.75. Drew Galloway defeated Michael Elgin, 3.5 out of 5. And Roderick Strong defeated Sammy Callahan, 3.75 out of 5 stars. And we'll check on birthdays here and momentarily here, folks, but we do have a second part of our history here, a very big one here indeed here, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me. As we have a very big time question moment that occurred on this day as well, but of course it does. Let's see here. Just one second here, folks. We're just trying to get that pulled up. Even there, folks. Okay. Seven years ago today, we put it at 2011. Former WWF and WCW World Champion Randy Mario Papo. Best known to millions, one and all, as the macho man Randy Savage, sadly died of a heart attack while driving with his wife in Seminole, Florida. He was 58 years old. Born November 15, 1952 in Columbus, Ohio, to an Italian-American father in Angelo and Jewish mother in Judy, Papo had athletics in his family. His father was a well-known wrestler in the 1950s and 60s and was featured on Ripley's Believe It or Not for his ability to do lots and lots of sit-ups while his younger brother, Lanny, went on to have a wrestling career himself, most notably as the genius in the WWF in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Randy was in the St. Louis Cardinals minor league system for four seasons. In between his third and fourth seasons in baseball, Papo wrestled, breaking into the business in 1973 as the Spider, based off the popular comic book character Spider-Man. At the suggestion of Georgia Championship wrestling booker Ole Anderson, Papo became Randy Savage, because Ole thought he wrestled like a savage. After reading an article in Reader's Digest, Randy's mother, Judy, suggested adding the name Macho Man. Obviously, the name stuck. Savage called it a career in baseball after the 1974 season and began wrestling full-time with his father and younger brother. They frequented Georgia, Eastern Tennessee, the Carolinas, Michigan, and the Maritimes, and the Midwest for his... for. Uh, for Angelo's own company, International Championship Wrestling. Eventually, the Papas landed in Memphis at Continental Wrestling Association. Savage feuded with Jerry Lawler over the AWA Southern Heavyweight title and teamed with his brother to feud with the Rock and Roll Express. Savage also feuded with Carlos Colon and Abdul the Butcher during his runs in Puerto Rico in 1984. The next year, the Savage-Lawler feud capped off with Lawler defeating Savage in a Loser Leaves Town match in Memphis it was, of course, a write-off. Savage was WWF bound. Randy Savage made his WWF debut in June 1985 as pro wrestling's top free agent. Several managers threw their name in the hat for his services. But in the end, it was his real-life wife, Miss Elizabeth, that got the gig. Savage mistreated Elizabeth and threatened anyone who even so much looked in her direction. He quickly rose up the ranks of the WWF, challenging for Tito Santana's Intercontinental title, after only a few months with the company. 
He also defeated WWF champion Hulk Hogan by countout twice at Madison Square Garden in his rookie year with the company. In February 1986, Savage defeated Santana for the Intercontinental title. He would feud with the likes of Bruno San Martino and George the Animal Steel. But his most memorable feud and match as champion came against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. The extremely choreographed, choreographed bout at WrestleMania three in March 1987 was different from most any bout during that time. The match was heavily planned as opposed to being called on the fly in the ring and led to one of the, if not the, greatest matches in wrestling history. Steamboat won the title in the Savages' run at 14 and a half months. The bout was named Match of the Year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Savage would recover and win the King of the Ring tournament later that year. Around this time, Savage began getting cheered by fans despite being a heel. He became less hostile towards Miss Elizabeth and challenged Honky Tonk Man and his claim to being the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. In October 1987, Savage defeated Honky via disqualification when Jimmy Hart's other charges, the Hart Foundation, interfered. In the ensuing beatdown, Miss Elizabeth sent out Hulk Hogan to even the odds. The Mega Powers were born. At WrestleMania 4, Savage won a one-night tournament to claim the vacated WWF title, winning four times that night, of course, against Butch Reed, Greg Valentine, one-man gang via DQ, and also the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Hogan was right by his side during Savage's year-long reign as champion, feuding with the Mega Bucks, of course, DiBiase and Andre the Giant, and the Twin Towers, Big Boss Man, and the artist formerly known as One Man Gang, Akeem. Jealousy crept in their alliance when Hogan began to take on Elizabeth as his manager. The alliance, showing visible cracks by the end of the Royal Rumble in 1989, died on an episode of the main event a few days later. Elizabeth was injured when Savage landed on, on top of her. Hogan carried Elizabeth to the back, leaving Savage alone to be decimated by the Twin Towers. Randy saw this as Hogan making a move on his woman and his belt and attacked Hogan despite Brutus Beefcake, security, and Elizabeth trying to intervene. The Mega Powers exploded at WrestleMania five when Hogan ended Savage's 371-day run as the WWF champion. Savage replaced Elizabeth with sensational Sherry and would team with Zeus of No Holds Barred fame to take on Hogan and Brutus Beefcake, known collectively as the Mega Maniacs. Around this time, Randy adopted the Macho King moniker after defeating Ben <clears throat> King of the Ring, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Savage blew off his feud with Hogan in February of 1990 when he was defeated by the champion on an episode of the main event. It was in Boxing heavyweight champion Buster Good Douglas at count of the fall, then knocked out Savage post-match. In an interesting bit of trivia, the spot was originally for Mike Tyson, but Tyson was defeated by Douglas prior to the event. After feuding with Dusty Rhodes for most of the remainder of the year, losing in a mixed tag match at WrestleMania VI by beating him via forfeit at SummerSlam, he turned his attention to then WWF champion The Ultimate Warrior. It would be Savage that cost Warrior the title at the, 90, at the 91 Royal Rumble event to Sergeant Slaughter after he was turned down for a title opportunity. The feud escalated to the point where one man or the other had to leave. At WrestleMania 7, it was Ultimate Warrior that was victorious, forcing Savage to retire. Sherry took none too kindly to this, but she berated and assaulted Savage until Miss Elizabeth shocked everyone by jumping the rail and going after Sherry. 
The couple reunited to, to much appreciation and many tears. As Savage rode off into the sunset as a face, sort of Savage actually wrestled a few, sort of though. Savage actually wrestled a few times following his retirement and stayed on in a non-wrestling role. In a cruel bit of irony, Warrior was fired following SummerSlam 91 over a pay dispute. At the same event, Elizabeth and Macho Man got storyline married. In reality, the couple, long married, were renewing their wedding vows. During the reception, Elizabeth is frightened by a snake hidden in one of the gift boxes. Savage is taken out by Undertaker until Sid Justice runs Taker and Jake the Snake Roberts off. Savage petitioned WWF fans to get him reinstated. Despite fans calling and writing overwhelmingly in favor of reinstatement, WWF President Jack Tunney refused. It took Savage being bitten by a King Cobra handled by Roberts to force the issue, and Randy was ultimately reinstated. The two were feud into the new year, with Savage defeating him at this Tuesday in Texas in December of 1991 and at Saturday, Saturday night's main event in February of 1992. Savage feuded next with Ric Flair, with Flair having eyes for Elizabeth. He even went so far to claim that he had her first, he had her first and he had pictures to prove it. The feud peaked at WrestleMania 8, with Savage retaining the WWF title in a physical, bloody brawl. Following WrestleMania, Savage and Elizabeth separated and eventually divorced. The storyline was tweaked some following the couple split, with nary a mention of Elizabeth. It was also around this time the Ultimate Warrior returned to the WWF. The duo coexisted somewhat peacefully until it was announced that Warrior was the next man in line for Savage's WWF title. The two met at SummerSlam with Warrior winning by countout thanks to Flair and Mr. Perfect. Another member of Flair's alliance, Razor Ramon, played a hand in Flair regained the WWF title from Savage in September of 1992. As for Ultimate Warrior, he and Savage aligned as the Ultimate Maniacs were set to face Flair and Ramon at Survivor Series. But Warrior got himself fired again just weeks before the match. Savage needed a replacement partner and was Flair's consultant, Mr. Perfect, and the makeshift team defeated Flair and Razor via DQ. 1993 saw Savage shift the commentary, <clears throat> primarily for WWF's new show, Monday Night Raw, and WWF pay-per-views he did not compete in. He wrestled sporadically for the next couple of years, most notably finishing second in the 93 Royal Rumble match to Yokozuna and defeating Crush in a Falls Count Anywhere match at WrestleMania 10. He also wrestled for Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain Wrestling during the fall of 1994. Savage's WWF deal expired in October of 94, and in a shocking move to Mania, especially Vince McMahon himself, he quickly signed with WCW. McMahon looked visibly distraught when he delivered the news of Savage's departure on the November 7, 1994 edition of Raw. Let's play a little bit of video right there, 50-second video. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, more action for you momentarily. Uh, at this time, uh, obviously conspicuous by his absence is the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'd like to uh, announce, unfortunately, that Randy Savage is uh, not able to sign a, a contract with the World Wrestling Federation. Not unable to uh, rather come to terms with the World Wrestling Federation for a new contract, but Randy, I know you're out there listening, and uh, on behalf of all of us here in the World Wrestling Federation, all of your fans, 
and certainly uh, be the number one fan, I'd, I'd like to say thank you for all of your positive contributions uh, to the World Busting Federation. Thank you, Randy Savage, for, for all of the wonderful memories for so many years here in the World Busting Federation. We wish you nothing but the best. Godspeed and good luck. That was debuted in WCW on the December 3rd, 1994 edition of WCW Saturday Night. Atlanta's up with his friend slash enemy Hulk Hogan after he saved him from an attack by the three faces of fear. After brief briefly feuding with the faces, Avalanche and Avalanche, his attention, excuse me, was turned once again to Ric Flair. They feuded during the spring and summer of 1995. With the two splitting a pair of pay-per-view encounters. Flair defeating Savage at the Great American Bash. Savage winning the return bout in a lifeguard lumberjack match at Bash at the Beach. At November's World War III, Savage was the last man standing out of 60 to win his first WCW World Heavyweight title. He lost the title in a second match that night just a month later at Starcade. Savage won it back less than a month later on Nitro in January 1996, but lost it three weeks later at Super Bowl VI back to Flair. The feud between them continued until June 1996, with Savage's ex-wife Elizabeth being brought in. Savage was on the front line for WCW against the NWO in December 1996. Savage joined Lex Luger and Sting, faced the Outsiders, and a player to be named later at Bash at the Beach. The player to be named later returned to be Savage's longtime ally, sometimes rival, Hulk Hogan, who, who dropped the leg on Savage cementing his association with the Outsiders. Savage remained on the front line until Halloween Havoc when he failed to win the WCW World title from Hogan thanks to the Giant. Savage left the company briefly following the event when he was able to reach an agreement on a new contract. Randy returned in January 1997 and soon assimilated himself into the NWO. He joined at Super Brawl 7 when he helped Hogan defeat Roddy Piper to retain the WCW World title. He also reunited with Elizabeth, who had also joined the group several months earlier. He spent most of the remainder of the year feuding with DDP and his wife, Kimberly. The two had three pay-per-view bouts, with Savage winning two. Page won a no-DQ match at Spring Stampede, while Savage defeated Page in a Falls Count Anywhere match at the Great American Bash and in a Las Vegas death match at Halloween Havoc. Page often credits Savage for their feud thrusting him into the main event spotlight. Savage feuded with Lex Luger in early 1998, with Luger defeating Savage on consecutive pay-per-views. Despite the setback, Savage turned his focus to the WCW World title held by Sting. After Hogan failed to defeat Sting for the championship, Savage gave it a shot at Spring Stampede, and despite tearing his ACL during the match and with the help of Kevin Nash, Savage won the title. His moment of glory was short-lived. Hogan won the title back the next night on Nitro. After briefly feuding with Bret Hart and Roddy Piper, Savage again left the company to recover from major knee surgery. Aside from a one-off appearance in late December 1998, Savage was gone from WCW until the spring of 1999, looking very different upon his return. His hair was a slick-back ponytail. More ear, he also wore earrings and even had a new valet. His then 22-year-old girlfriend, Stephanie Bellers, also known as Gorgeous George. Soon after, the two would be joined by Medusa and Miss Madness to form Team Madness. Status for a while protected DDP's world title, 
But when Kevin Nash won the title in May 1999, Savage went after it himself. Two months later, at Bash at the Beach, Savage won his fourth and last WCW World title in a tag match. Once again, it did not last long. And then almost note-for-note rehash of what went down 15 months earlier, Savage lost the title to Hulk Hogan the next night on Nitro. Team Madness disbanded soon after and feuded with Dennis Rodman, defeating him at Road Wild. Savage's final appearance for WCW came in May of 2000 when he helped Ric Flair get the victory in a 41-man battle royal for a shot at the WCW title at the Great American Bash. Savage would be away from the wrestling game for more than four years. He returned at TNA's first three-hour pay-per-view Victory Road 2004, confronting Jeff Jarrett. The next month at Turning Point, he, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy defeated the Kings of Wrestling, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Jeff Jarrett. Set to win the NWA World Title Final Resolution the next month, Savage left TNA out of concerns for his health. In February 2005, he retired from pro wrestling altogether. Savage, who went on <clears throat> to lend, lend his who lent his voice to a number of animated shows and movies, including Dexter's Laboratory, King of the Hill, and the 2008 animated film Bolt, also appeared in the 2002 film Spider-Man, is best known outside the ring for as the longtime celebrity spokesman for Slim Jim Snacks. His catchphrase, snapping to a Slim Jim, lives on in pop culture lore. <clears throat> and let's listen to a little bit of that here, if y'all remember this. So. Savage released his own rap album, Be a Man, featuring a tribute to Kurt Henning and a diss track on Hulk Hogan. On May 20, 2011, sadly, Savage suffered a heart attack while driving with his wife in Seminole, Florida, a suburb of Tampa. He became unresponsive and lost control of his vehicle, crashing into a tree. Initially thought to be killed in the collision, an autopsy later revealed that Papo had an enlarged heart and advanced coronary artery disease. The official cause of death was officially listed as atherosclerotic heart disease. Basically, he had a heart attack. He was cremated and placed under a tree on his property in Largo, Florida. His dog, Hercules, died over a week earlier, and his ashes were poured into the same spot. Despite a strained relationship between Savage and WWE, a tribute video in Tim Bell Salute was given in his honor following his passing. CM Punk wore a version of Savage's mid-1980s wrestling gear in tribute. He would later adopt his diving elbow drop. WWE released a DVD documentary in late 2004 on his life. Though he would never be inducted in his lifetime, Savage was personally inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in March 2015. Savage is also a member of the initial 
Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame class of 1996, and a member of the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2009. Here's a partial list of accomplishments, folks, for the one and the only Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is some accomplishments right here, folks. A two-time WWF champion, an Intercontinental champion, 1987 King of the Ring, Hall of Fame class of 2015, four-time WCW champion, 1995 World War III winner, two-time AWA Southern Heavyweight Champion, CWA International Heavyweight Champion, three-time NWA Mid-America Heavyweight Champion, USWA Unified World Heavyweight Champion, World Wrestling Council North American Heavyweight Champion. Also from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, here are some accomplishments. 1987 Match of the Year versus Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania III. 1988 Wrestler of the Year. 1988 Most Popular Wrestler. 1989 Most Hated Wrestler. 1995 Comeback of the Year, 1997 Feud of the Year with DDP, number two singles wrestler in the world in 1992, number nine singles wrestler in the PWI years in 2003, and number 57 tag team of the PW tag team of the PWI years in 2003. That is, of course, that he teamed up with Hulk Hogan. Also from Wrestling Observer Newsletter, 1987 Match of the Year, like we said, versus Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame Class of 1996. So, folks, like I said, uh, I believe it's been seven years since we lost the one and the only Macho Man, Randy Savage. And, of course, like I said, Macho, thank you very much for the memories, and thank you very much, sir, for... <clears throat> thank you very much for the memories, and thank you very much for showing us what a true wrestler and a true man is all about, sir. Thank you very much, and we do miss you, and we do, st- and we do still love you to this very day. Thank you very much for <clears throat> bringing so much action into our lives. We appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Let's check, ladies and gentlemen, right there, see if we have any wrestling birthdays here for today. And I have many today here, folks, but we'll double-check that here to see. Let's see, May the 20th. Uh, let's see. I do, yes, I do have I do have several, several right here, folks. Uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, yesterday we did say, of course, yesterday was the birthday, of course, it would have been the birthday of the first Hall of Famer, Andre the Giant. Also, Aleister Black had a birthday yesterday as well. Today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Road Dog Jesse James has a birthday today. He was born. Uh, let me see. He was born in 1969. Today he turned. Uh, let's see here. I do believe. Yes, I do believe he has turned 49. I believe. Yes, he turns 49 years old today. Uh, Danielle Camella. Uh, Forgive me if I mispronounced that name. Uh, today she turns 25. Uh, Akam, Akam, I guess how you pronounce it, of the authors of Pain, he, ter- he too is also uh, 25. And Vanessa Bourne today is also 25. So happy birthday to 
to everyone I just mentioned here today. <clears throat> Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, I do have to step away for just a brief moment here. We'll get right to our we'll get right to our of course our <clears throat> our um, our rundown of all of our shows here this week here in just a few moments. In the meantime, folks, take a listen to the sh- to the our opening thing, which is a song "Far From Over" from uh, Frank Stallone. We do be I'll be, we'll be right back. <laughs> Tuesday night from 9 to 11, call ID 138055 pound. 
Next up, ladies and gentlemen, on Wednesday, we are Triple Threat Wednesday. First off, we start things off at WWS Outside the Ropes. Uh, as myself, JD, and John will be on talking about the latest pop culture news, of course, coming in through 411 Mania and other sources as well. JD will be bringing your <clears throat> your sports up, sports updates as well as your as as well as of course the box office report. Then of course a little uh, movie trivia challenge. Of course, should be in the form of movie Jeopardy or some sort or some form of uh, Jeopardy. Uh, but it will be it will be of course a fun time outside the ropes Wednesday night from 6:30 to 7:30. Call ID uh, <clears throat> 141-387-pound for that. Wednesday evening from 8 to 9, of course, 139-925-pound. Be sure to join the NWO of Madness Kingdom for WWS Wrestling Debate. Of course, <clears throat> as they, of course, throw out a bunch of discussions and debates, of course, talk about everything that took place on, will take place on Raw tomorrow night, on SmackDown Tuesday night, uh, plus some other wrestling stories making the rounds here as well. Uh, Money in the Bank coming up on the horizon. I'm sure there'll be some talk about that as well. Uh, but there'll be some big-time discussions and debates going on, as always, of course, on Wrestling Debate, Wednesday night from 8 to 9, right here on TalkShoe, call ID 139-925-POUND. Next up here, folks, we'll have, of course, I'll be back on with the Wednesday edition of WWUS Revolution, our, our latest wrestling news and views, uh, history and birthdays, and also, of course, our thoughts and opinions on uh Tuesday night SmackDown event as well. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, the continuation of our match that we started this past Friday night on Revolution. Uh, we had to we had to pause it due to, of course, the, the current champion Fonzie uh, going under the weather a little bit, but uh, <clears throat> he should be good and ready to go here this Wednesday night. As he will, he and the Empress Emory Emory Rickenbach will continue their battle for the NA for Fonzie's NXT U.S. North American Championship. <clears throat> as, of course, as we have mentioned here before, currently going in, going, going into Wednesday night, I will go ahead and mention that Ann is, let me see here, let me make sure I have this here. Let's see. Uh, uh, Ann is leading 1675 to 1400, so it is a very close match. We will continue. We will use the same board that we, of course, used on Friday night. And on to be fair to everyone, so be sure to join us here, of course, for Wednesday night Wednesday edition of Revolution, where our live video feed will be coming from WWFUS, the old school tradition, <clears throat> coming up here this Wednesday night uh, here on TalkShoe.com. Of course, call ID one three eight zero five five pound. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, will be the second installment of NWO. Of, of the radio network NWO Wolfpack, as of course we will talk about the latest wrestling news and views and history and birthdays. We also have some more other fun stuff we'll be talking about. I'm sure a little bit about Money in the Bank coming up here really soon, and other and other uh, tidbits going on here as well, including some possible some wrestling extras in the form of I'm sure some fantasy matchups, some would you rather stuff, possibly around the Jeopardy. You never know what we'll be doing here, folks. We'll definitely be doing something here. This. This Thursday night, right here on Wolfpack, call ID 138-521-POUND, with our live video feed coming in from ECWUS, This Is Extreme. And this Friday on Revolution, of course, 138-055-POUND again. Uh, <clears throat> don't forget, of course, we'll have, our, once again, our latest wrestling news and views. Also, history and birthdays. 
Also, of course, we'll have some other fun stuff taking place here as well. Uh, you never know what will happen. We'll definitely bring it here to you this Friday night from 9 to 11 right here on TalkShoe. Call ID 138055-POUND. Our live video feed will be coming from the very first group of the WWS stable of groups on Facebook, that, of course, being WCWS Universe. And also this coming Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, we won't forget once again our next edition of WWS Power Hour. We'll recap all of our shows here from this past week. <clears throat> also, we'll give you the wrestling history for this coming Saturday, as well as, of course, the wrestling, some wrestling news tidbits coming up here, courtesy of our friends at 411 Mania as well. So we will have a fun-filled week here in the, in the radio network here, folks. Be sure not to miss out on that. Of course, right here, as always, on TalkShoe.com. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into any more, get into the wrestling news portion of our promo tonight, uh, I will bring you like a couple of stories here before we close it out here for the evening. Uh, of course, as as we did mention here, of course, on Revolution this past uh, Friday night, we here in the radio network here want to still send out our thoughts and condolences, which I'm sure this has been a very tough weekend for these folks, to the family and friends of, of course, two tragedies two tragedies that took place on the same day. Uh, first off, of course, as you know, the shooting out of the high school in Texas. And also, of course, uh, a, a very terrible plane crash that occurred somewhere in Cuba. Uh, to, to, the, to, the vic, to, the, to the families and friends of, of all those affected, to all, to all the victims, their family and friends, we once again want to send our heartfelt condolences out to these, to these folks. And then, then, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening, please join me in a small moment of silence here, and of course with a short prayer uh, for for these for these folks. Almighty God, we are here this evening. I'm sure you know, I'm sure you know, oh Lord, of the, of the, of these sad events that took place, one in Texas and one in Cuba. Um, Regardless of wherever we are from, Lord, you always look after everyone here. We are all your children. Some may not acknowledge that, but, but you, Lord, do know are the, the almighty power you do all you do know all, know all <clears throat> and you do love every single one regardless of what of what they may of what they may say otherwise but you do look after everyone here on on on, on your on your green earth my lord please be with the family and friends of the people lost in the, in these two senseless tragedies Put them in your ever-loving arms and let them know that they are not alone in their grief. They are not alone in their sorrow. They are not, they, that they have a shoulder to cry on and your ever-loving arms are around them as always. And to comfort them and to know that they are, that they are not, they are, they are that all this is being remembered by everyone all around the country and all around the world. I ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for all of our sins. Amen. 
Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, two sad tragedies in one day. I mean, you have to really acknowledge that. You know, that's why a lot of times we do take time out on talking about what we do best, and that is talking about wrestling and other things, to definitely bring this up and to let, to let them, everybody know that we are, that we are, that we are, <clears throat> of course, we do, we do love and honor our fellow man, regardless of, of sex, of, of race, of ethnicity, of color. We acknowledge all and we love all. That's why, of course, as always, we say the U.S. and WWUS stands for United Standing, and we will forever honor that moniker big time. And folks, like I said, we're going to bring you two or three Uh, we'll bring you two or three, two or three quick stories here, wrestling stories before we close out the evening. We'll go past, of course, we're already past the 11 o'clock hour. Of course, we do thank 411 Mania for allowing us here in the WWUS radio network to read their stories each and every night on all of our shows here in the radio network, of course, including our, our promos here and also uh, Power Hour, Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, Outside the Ropes, and others. <clears throat> Jeremy Thomas brings us a story tonight as is being reported. Eric Bischoff has said that Ric Flair and Sting made more than the outsiders in WCW and also talks guaranteed contracts. Eric Bischoff discussed his signing Scott Hall and Kevin Nash during the WCW era and more on the first episode of his new 83-week podcast of his new 83 weeks podcast. Highlights are below per Wrestling Inc. On Hall and Nash earning less than Sting and Ric Flair, Bischoff says, it was never a thing with me. We had a budget in place that had been approved the year before by Turner Broadcasting Finance Committee. So I knew the parameters I had to work with. I knew that politically from the locker room perspective, I knew there was no way I could bring I could I could bring these new guys in and make more money than Ric Flair, nor did I want to put them at the at that level at that at the level, even if Ric Flair hadn't been there. I didn't want to pay them at Sting's rate. Sting was the highest paid guy. We were all comfortable with that. The rest of the talent was comfortable with that. But I never used it as a as a barometer publicly. Excuse me. I knew that within my budget and Sting being the highest paid guy, along with Ric Flair and a, and a few below him, again, the questions I did have that I did have with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, especially with Kevin because I talked to him more based on my previous relationship with him. On the schedule, working out better for the two, he said, Bischoff says, Kevin made it clear to me we put a maximum of 180 dates. WWE was at 250. Maybe splitting hairs to a degree but it wasn't half the dates. It may have felt that way to Scott and Kevin, but we had a maximum of 180 dates. We never hit the maximum dates. It was around 125 to 130 dates a year. So it was definitely a lot less of a load than what they were used to. Kevin was expecting his very first child at that time, and in WWE he would have had been, he would have had been on the road 
at the tra- at the traveling that they worked along with the front and back end of traveling back home, and even again, they were probably gone 300 days a year. So it was a much lighter load. At the income from pay-per-views, house shows, and all the profit shares, they were probably making $500,000 or more, but they had to work hard to get it. But they both expressed to me, especially with Kevin, it was much of a lifestyle consideration as it was a financial one. On claims, he introduced guaranteed contracts in WCW. Bischoff says, it's amazing to me, and I get this all the time, and no matter how many times I talk about it and how many ways it is so obvious that it is not true, that people still want to believe it. Here are the facts. When Eric Bischoff came to work with WCW as a cleanup batter on the announce team working alongside Tony Schiavone, I came with a guaranteed contract. The first day I showed up on the job, the very first day, I rode to town with head of WCW security Doug Dillinger and Dusty Rhodes. And we drove to Anderson, South Carolina. And I got to the building. The very first person that said hi to me was Larry Zabisco. Larry and I worked together in AWA, and we were pretty good friends back in the day. One of the very first things Larry did for me was pull me aside and said, Kid, keep your chin down. Don't stir up any stuff, and you will get paid for life. They all had guaranteed guaranteed contracts before they got there. How it became that Eric Bischoff gives out guaranteed, guaranteed contracts, I will never freaking know. I really won't, but it is out there. So there, there it is coming from Bischoff himself there, folks. So there you go. <clears throat> Another story coming in here from 411 Mania. Let's see, coming in through uh, Jeremy Thomas once again. Uh, it's reported here that a former WWE announcer says Roman Reigns deserves more respect, also talks Bruno San Martino and more. Former WWE ring announcer Gary Michael Capetta spoke with the rest of the state for a new interview discussing Roman Reigns, Bruno Sammartino, and more. Highlights right here below. On wrestlers who can excel on their own outside of WWE, Capetta says, yeah, and it's healthy for everybody. When I see the success of Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, I call the democratization of wrestling. That's a group of guys who have gained power mostly independent from a major corporate organization. If WWE ever seeks them out or if they ever want to go to WWE, there's an even playing field that doesn't ex- that didn't exist in the past. I would compare them to Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, and Abdullah the Butcher, who didn't need American promoters in order to have a successful wrestling career. They were able to call their own shots, and now they're all in promotion in Chicago. I wish them well. They're really sharp. It was more difficult to do in the past because today there are free free marketing tools available online, but they're very savvy in how they use them. On Roman Reigns, Gary Michael Gary Capetta says this, I like Roman Reigns. I don't understand what exactly they're doing with him, and I don't really understand why the fans boo him, other than they're following what somebody else said they should be doing. Anybody that saw the WrestleMania match between him and Lesnar, you got to you got to have respect for these guys. What a brutal match. That would be a match I'd show to someone, I'd show someone who says these guys aren't athletes. On Bruno San Martino's ranking among the, all, among the all-time greats, uh, Gary Capetta says, top five. There would not be a healthy WWF to purchase and take forward and expand it. 
if it wasn't for Bruno. I chuckle when I hear Mr. Mr. Today wrestler is a seven-time world heavyweight champion. But how long did he hold the title for? San Martino was a two-time champion for a long stretch of time and carried the promotion on his back. There's a big difference in its sort of diminishes the title. That kind of phraseology is meant to build up the personality for the here and now, but it shuts out the historic importance. I will also say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are also also honored that this legendary wrestling announcer, Gary Michael Capetta, was inducted, I do believe, yes, into our celebrity wing uh, last year in uh, WWUS Hall of Fame, so he is a WWUS Hall of Famer as well. We've heard that we've heard this part of, man, we've heard about this gentleman here several times, but this is very very sad situation right here. Jeremy Thomas brings us a story right here. Matt Capitelli's health reportedly declining. The cancer treatments have discontinued. Let's see what this 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 reads a little bit about this. Matt Capitelli's health is reportedly worsening as he deals with grade four glioblastoma, multiform, and has discontinued his treatments. Capitelli's wife, Lindsay, posted an update on her personal blog earlier this month in which she says Capitelli has ended his treatments. Grade 4 glioblastoma multiform is an aggressive form of cancer, which the former Tough Enough competitor saw return in July of last year. Give me this one second. Capitelli underwent brain surgery, but the condition was reportedly terminal at that time. Here are some excerpts from, from his wife's blog entry below. On Capitelli's condition, she says, here's, what, here's where we're at right now. Matt finished his radiation treatments last week. Did they help? I don't know. He's sleeping a lot more, having trouble chewing and swallowing, not eating much, not talking much, at least not in full senses. This has been a slow, steady decline for the last few months. I think it was really too late for radiation, but who knows, maybe it is delaying things. We went in last Tuesday for his infusion and talked with his neuro-oncologist about everything that we've been seeing with Matt, and he decided that we are at the point now where we should discontinue treatments. I feel like it's the right decision, even though it breaks my heart knowing that there's nothing else that we can do. But I feel like we've done everything. All the supplements, the diet, the chemo, the radiation, Matt has fought hard. He never gave up hope. He kept the faith. He never complained through any of this. Not once did I hear him say, why me? He still always thought of other people above himself, and anyone who knows him will tell you that. He is a true warrior. On discontinuing his treatments, his wife says, it's hard to know how he feels about discontinuing treatment because he can't communicate in full senses most of the time. I know that it has to be hard for him, though, because like me, he's kept the hope that there would be something that would help him survive this. I know I know that he wanted to keep fighting. The only thing he did manage to say to me was that day was not continuing treatment was, it sucks. Yeah, it does. While sometimes I may have eloquent words to say about the situation, other times that's the best way to describe what we're going through. It just sucks. She also added, I don't know how much longer we have left, 
So I'm just loving him and kissing him and encouraging him with my words, I hope, and reading the Bible to him at night, making sure he knows that I'll be okay, and I am okay right now. I'm okay right now because I still have his hand to hold. I'm okay right now because I, I say I love you, and I get to hear him whisper, I love you too. I'm okay right now because I still get to fall asleep with him by my side and wake up in the morning with my arm around him. I'm okay right now because I get to look into his beautiful eyes and see his smile and kiss his face every day. I'm okay right now because he's still here with, with me. But when he's not, you might as well just rip out my heart right, right out of my chest. I try to imagine life without him. <clears throat> I try to prepare myself for that outcome, but I can't. I just can't really know what it, it will feel like. Life without him seems unimaginable. Of course, on behalf of, of course, Borlo Mania, and also I should add, of course, speaking for, for the entire folks here in the WCW, for all of our people here in the WWS Radio Network, our best wishes definitely are with the, the Capitelli family here. We'll definitely pray for a for a positive positive outlook here for the one and only Matt Capitelli. And we'll bring you one more. Uh, we'll bring you one more quick story here before we before we end our promo here tonight. Jeffrey Harris brings the story here. Ronda Rousey reportedly has an excellent attitude backstage in WWE and seen as very humble without a huge ego. There's the story right here. During the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Radio <clears throat> uh, Ringside News, Dave Meltzer addressed Ronda Rousey's reported backstage attitude in the WWE. According to Meltzer, he's heard from people within WWE that she has a great attitude and there's no negativity about her. Despite her established celebrity before coming into WWE, she doesn't have a stuck-up attitude at all and there is no star issues with her. Here are some highlights right here. Meltzer on Ronda Rousey's attitude. He says, I know this from several different people there. Attitude-wise, 100% tremendous. No negativity there. She's happy. She's happy. She loves doing this. She's a hard worker. She has absolutely no stuck-up star issue in this whatsoever. There's no ego thing there. In fact, it's the opposite. Everyone's it's the opposite. Everyone's talked about how refreshing it is that she is so humble for as a big star that she is. So she doesn't come in with the attitude. A lot of guys that came in from football and all this came came in and walked around like they were real you know what or what some people will do. Meltzer on his belief that Rousey become, will become very good in WWE, he says this, all those things and the fact that she's a great athlete and in her first match did absolutely tremendous. All that leads me to, to that in time when she has two years under her belt because of her attitude is that, that she probably won't need to be carried and she'll probably be pretty darn good. So, folks, like I said, we are, we are, of course, definitely looking. Uh, we are definitely, like I said, everyone is also popping up some high hopes here for, of course, the former UFC star, who is now a full-fledged member of the WWE roster, Ronda Rousey, indeed. One more quick uh, WWE, some quick WWE news from Jeffrey Harris here. SmackDown Live event photos from Amsterdam, photos and clips from Raw show in Paris. As previously reported, WWE held a SmackDown Live house show in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, over the weekend. Here are some photos from the live event that were posted on Twitter. Charlotte said here, 
at Miss Charlotte WWE said at 4, 4.23 p.m. yesterday. She says, thank you, hashtag WWE Amsterdam. Woo, as in, of course, her father's legendary phrase. Uh, uh, a fan by the name of Catherine at I, capital I, underline, crazy girl, underline, 666. She's at 8.53 a.m. this morning. She says she is the best in the world, referring to Carmella, at Carmella WWE, hashtag WWE Amsterdam. Adam Pierce said, at Scrap Daddy AP says, okay, hashtag WWE Amsterdam, it's your turn, who's here? This was said at 2.05 p.m. yesterday afternoon. Alexander Wolf, of course, at the WWE Wolf said, oh, hello, hashtag WWE Amsterdam, I'm here to hashtag purge the hometown birthday child, so don't get hot, hashtag united we purge, hashtag sanity. Another a uh, fan here, Nuud Bemlin, my, my apologies if I mispronounced that, at Nuud Bemlin said on Twitter at 4.57 p.m. yesterday, face paint equals war face, at Jeff Hardy brand, hashtag WWE Amsterdam. Miss Roland at Lights Are Kiss said on Twitter, sisters from a di- different mister, Sisters from different misters. At this point, I'm starting to wonder if we all have the same biological dad. We love all the same things, color coordinated with our PJs, and have all the same enemies. That's what sisters do, right? <clears throat> love my girls. Hashtag WWE Amsterdam was said that uh, at 2.34 p.m. yesterday afternoon. Manon Block at Sweet underline man and M-A-N-O-N, said at 5.17 p.m. yesterday, hashtag WWE Amsterdam, at AJ Styles, O-R-G, at Luke Gallows, WWE, at Carl Anderson, WWE, hashtag too sweet, you're phenomenal. Let's see here. At 6.18 p.m. yesterday said, my... Mind Damage, June 17th, at Color, C-O-L-O-U-R, Thy Envy. Good riddance, hashtag WV Amsterdam. I've grown extremely sick of your, rather quickly, a a new record. Uh, I'm at, and also said uh, said yesterday, I'm at Ziggo Dome in Amsterdam, Nord, Holland. Ziggo Dome, at Ziggo Dome, said this, uh, 4.48 p.m. yesterday, 01 and night. Thanks for all entering the wicked world of at WWE, hashtag WWE Amsterdam. Have a good trip home and see you soon at the hashtag Ziggo Dome. Of course, as previously reported, WWE also held a live event for the Raw brand in Paris, France during the European tour. There's more photos and clips from that event that were posted here on social media right here on this page. We're going to take a look at that. Sasha Banks at Sasha Banks WWE said at 7:33 yesterday morning, hanging in there. Hashtag WWE Paris. Dustin Rhodes said at Goldust said thank you. Hashtag WWE Paris at 6:16 p.m. yesterday. WWE at WWE says this 4:35 p.m. yesterday. 
at Nat by Nature shows, hashtag Paris and Love, hashtag WWE Paris, hashtag Woken Matt Hardy, at Matt Hardy Brand says, just enter one of the most resplendent cities on the post-Pangea plane of Earth, Paris. The only thing miss it is my beloved hashtag House Hardy. It was said at 9.22 a.m. yesterday, La Dernier Nuit, which is French, I'm not sure what that means, at w- hashtag WWE Paris. Uh, respect my authority at AT underscore QKI is Joe, Joe, Joe at 5.56 p.m. yesterday at hashtag WWE Paris at Samoa Joe at Sami Zayn. At Zach Ryder says the team of Ryder at, at WWE Gable went 5 0 this week. Hashtag WWE Paris said at 7 17 p.m. yesterday evening. <clears throat> also, Ronda Rousey said this on Instagram. Ronda Rousey, I get by the little half of my friends at Matt by Nature at WWE underscore Ember Moon. Hashtag WWE Paris. Hashtag WWE Live. So, folks, there you have it right there. There's some big-time moments here. So, folks, there you have it here for some of our stories here coming up. Some of our stories here making the rounds here today, courtesy of our friends at 411 Mania. On that note here, folks, we're going to go ahead and close it out here for the, for the night. We do thank you here for listening in here to us. And be sure to join us for all of our shows here in the radio network here this week. Raw Radio. <clears throat> Wrestling Revisited, Outside the Ropes, Wrestling Debate, Power Hour, and of course, WWS Revolution and NWO Wolfpack. This has been promo number 265 here of the WWS Radio Network. Of course, this has been also like a promotion of the WWS Radio Network. But we are three years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain both your wrestling and pop culture connection. Take care of yourselves and each other here, folks. We will see you in the ring and on the red carpet here this week. And as always, here in the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. God bless everyone, and have a terrific evening. Good night, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.